This episode of Songs and Stories is brought to you by Audible.com. Sign up for a 14-day trial and get a free download book just by checking it out by going to audiblepodcast.com forward slash stories. Listen for details in this episode of Songs and Stories, which starts right now. Alrighty, welcome once again to Songs and Stories. I'm Michael Gaither, and this is Songs and Stories episode number 89. Coming to you from a beautiful spring morning here in the west coast of California. Actually, the only coast in California. <laughs> Did I mention it was morning? I'm on the west coast, let's put it that way. It's a beautiful spring morning, and uh, wherever you're at, uh, I hope spring's treating you well. It's been kind of a wacky weather front here on on the west coast we had this torrential rainstorm this week and and i was talking to some farmers last night and we've had plenty of rain but we had rain this week and wind and the sun's back today and i talked to a friend of mine up in grass valley earlier this week and they've had wind rain sun snow and hail just kind of repeatedly i feel like i'm living in colorado the weather changes every 15 minutes or so but uh this morning it's nice and blue and i'm going to do a little recording here and get a couple of podcasts ready and go join the wife out in the yard and pull weeds where i belong so we can fill the green bin that's kind of our task for the week but before that i wanted to put this together and and give you a podcast interview with somebody that i've been looking forward to talking to for a long long time now, I know a lot of these episodes, I say, this is a very special episode, and I'm really looking forward to this one, but this one I really am. This is the first of a two-part chat with local singer-songwriter Sharon Allen, somebody that I've been a, a fan and a friend, a, a fan of and a friend with for a, quite a while. In fact, as we were putting this together, um, I realized that I actually met Sharon right when I was starting to play guitar in front of other people and starting to write songs, maybe nine years ago, something I think we figured out. And because um, I think there's a process with a lot of people, if you haven't really performed a lot, you you get used to playing guitar, and then you get used to trying to play and sing at the same time without worrying about the chords you're playing, and it all becomes kind of muscle memory. And it's a, it's a process a lot of people go through, getting comfortable with that. And then the next big hurdle is really doing it in front of people you know, and then doing it in front of people you don't know. And then if you you keep at it, you start performing, you start writing songs. And I met Sharon right when I was sort of at that point. And uh, we're going to talk about that in this interview. Sharon just completed her um, her first solo CD called Along the Way. And uh, kind of an inside joke between the both of us is when I told her I wanted to do a podcast, at first she said, I don't have a story. And I said, yeah, you do. <laughs> so you're going to hear Sharon's story in this next, uh, I don't know, 40 minutes or so. And then in part two, we'll hear um, her play a couple of songs from the new CD along the way, which I'm going to remind you right up front, you can find at Sharon-Allen.com. You can also go to MichaelGaither.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-A-I-T-H-E-R.com. And I'll have links to her bio, her CD, and her schedule, which completely by coincidence shows us both now on the bill at the Redwood Mountain Fair in Felton, California on Saturday, June 5th. That's going to be a, a, a the return of a really great festival they haven't done in a long time and i just got added to the bill sharon was already on it so i'll i'll put a link to that and we'll I'll actually i'll talk about that sometime during these next couple of interviews 
So a quick recap of Sharon before we get into the interview, just so you kind of get some context. Uh, She came out here several years ago, and we'll hear that story in her own words, how she ended up in California, which I thought was a great tale. Sang with the local blues band, the Firebirds, for quite a few years. And as that band kind of waned, or not really waned, but just wasn't quite as busy, she met Sherry Austin. Uh, local singer-songwriter Sherry Austin, who I interviewed in this uh, episode, this podcast back in episode number 42, I believe. I don't know why I recall numbers like that, but it was 42. You can find it on the website. And uh, started playing and singing with her. And that's when I met Sharon, was kind of through Sherry. Sherry was really encouraging to me when I started trying to play in front of people. Started doing little jams at her house. That's where I met Sharon, and that's where I started playing. But that's kind of when I met Sharon. That was really about nine years ago. Um, Sharon started playing and singing with Sherry and her band as a harmony singer. And then, you know, somewhere along the way, as her album title says, she started writing her own songs and at some point decided to sit down and record them on this very fine debut CD called Along the Way. So we're going to hear details about all that right now. Uh, One thing I wanted to comment, too, was um, when I talked to Sherry Austin, she called Sharon Allen Santa Cruz's own Emmylou Harris. And now I'm going to give you a chance to hear why. Here's a bit of the new record along the way. Let's listen to If I Needed You, a Towns Van Zet cover she recorded as a duet with Keith Greninger, and Do Si Do, an original off this new CD, and then we'll talk to Sharon Allen around my kitchen table. If I needed you, would you come to me? Would you come?
Something I was talking to, maybe it was you. Um, that um, it's nice hearing. I'm going to turn the, I'm going to turn the, the heater off because it'll be a little loud. It'll, it'll pick it up. So I have a good microphone on it? Yeah, it's got these built in condenser stereo lines, and it works really well. But I'm going to sit here and kind of do it this way. Someone was telling me that it's probably really cool hearing your hearing your songs on the radio. I go, you know what's even cooler is when your friends call you and tell you different songs. Yeah, I've had some people that are very um, consistent. Every time they hear me on the radio, mm-hmm. I finally said, "Okay, thank you. That's enough." That's yeah. good. <laughs> so that means that I'm getting some good airplay if I'm telling uh-huh. them to stop calling. The uh, K-Pig's been really nice. Oh yeah. To, they're, they're very supportive of us, aren't they? Of the local. They are, musicians. you know. In the case of your record, it's it's a, it's a good record. It's got local people on it, you know. And when you, it's funny when you do the right record with local, you know, they they pick up on it. Well, singing with Sherry, uh, if I if I start back from the very beginning, I'm, I won't do that right now. But okay. I, I've been playing with singing and playing with Sherry since 2002, mm-hmm. and w- I used her band. Right. Uh, Lisa Burns on bass, mm-hmm. and of course Sherry. She's a great rhythm player. Yeah. yeah. And our voices work really well together, although I brought in some other folks for harmonies on the CD, but um, of course Jimmy Norris produced it, and mm-hmm. he did the drums and the percussion. And yeah. So then we added from that with all the folks. I really wanted to go into the studio and and bring in the people that I've played with, I didn't want a, an album that uh, people listened to and it was so unfamiliar from what they heard us playing live. Yeah. So my initial goal when I discussed it with Jimmy was let's go in and let's just have the band, period. That's it. Mm-hmm. And maybe another musician or two. Right. Well, that always changes. Sure. Because you get so excited about the song. I could bring and this person and this person. And, and oh my gosh, wouldn't that sound great with a fiddle and then a dobro and so it... it I don't think we got out of control with it. I don't I'm really think so either. With the it. one thing I was gonna say, this not just because I know who's playing on here, but but it sounds like a band CD. You know, oh, good. With you as the front person, it really yeah, sounds like good. a band CD. Yeah. So I think that worked. Yeah, I was lucky to have uh, Jim Lewin because he's been so busy. Yeah. With Great playing American. with everybody. Yeah. Well, he was he's on tour now with Great American Taxi. And, oh, that's right. And so the guy from Leftover Salmon who mm-hmm. has this new project. Yeah. 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 And I had wanted Barry Phillips, of mm-hmm. course, on cello, and we had been moving along in the recording process, and we got to the songs where we thought that we were going to have a cello and two or three mm-hmm. tunes. And so we called Barry, and he was leaving to go on tour mm-hmm. in another week with uh, Ravi Shankar in India. And wow. he wasn't sure if he was going to be able to come into the studio. Yeah. So that was very disappointing, and at the last minute he called and said, I've got this afternoon available. Hmm. So we just snatched him right yeah, up. Yeah, let's and, go right um, now. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I think cello is my new favorite instrument. So We have a friend who plays cello, and I, I, we, I, we kept saying, God, I have, to, I have to have cello on my next CD, and I, I have this song about a horse, but it's a waltz. It isn't a funny song. It's actually a pretty song, and I was playing it, and Cindy said, there's your cello song. So yeah. So when, when that, whenever that happens, whenever the third CD happens, we gotta, I, I agree. You got to pull in cello. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I had of course heard him play on Cherry CDs, mm-hmm. so 
So we sat down, and initially I gave Jimmy a CD of seven songs of mine mm-hmm. that I wanted to put on there. Right. And and then we added copy tunes that I'd been singing that people had requested. So mm-hmm. I thought, well, I'm just going to go with that. It's a nice CD. mix. Let me close the door because the numbers are yakking. Yeah, I think it's a nice mix of originals and covers too. Well, I had been I had been singing them for a couple of years now with the band again with the band, yeah. and I thought, oh, if I'm going to do this, I better record this soon because people are going to start getting really tired of these songs. Mm. So I was at the tail end of the songs, mm-hmm. and that makes now, sense. And now I'm ready to move on. I'm writing. Uh, I've got three or four new new ones mm-hmm. in the works. So those songs are kind of documented on this CD. Now you can move on and do other stuff. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. good. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure... I get the, that way, too, with songs. My own songs and cover tunes. And probably, I guess, everybody does. Can, yeah. you, can you imagine the Beatles and the Rolling Stones? Yeah. Satisfaction, um, you know, 20,000 times. Well, even, like, little old me, you know. Like, who the heck am I? But I, when I played... When I opened for Chuck Brodsky last month, somebody came afterwards and they said... You didn't play Highway 17. I said, no, I didn't, you know. And, well, yeah. it's like if I needed you. Yeah, yeah. Everywhere I go, people want to hear it. Right. And I, I just think, really? Well, probably, that again. There's probably a balance because but, certain, I mean, I mean, let's be realistic, certain songs will sell CDs. Yeah, so. yeah, there's that. Yeah. There's that. But it's good to throw in new stuff. So I've I've uh, trying to get to that place where I can sit and find the music again. I've had this block, mm-hmm. and I have a little. I can't oh. re- I can't relate to that at all. That never happened. Yeah. <laughs> and I have four half songs, uh-huh. four half written songs. I'm I'm good at starting the melody. I write mm-hmm. the melody and the music at the same time. So I'll, nice. I'll be sitting, and uh, I used to sit in front of baseball, mm-hmm. and I would just you know, kind of pluck along. And I do that for hours. Mm-hmm. And Because when you're watching the baseball game, who cares? And that would just be me sitting there in front of the baseball game. And then I'd go to, not even thinking, go to change the chord. Right. And then go to another chord and catch myself and go get a piece of paper. And that, that's probably how uh, all the time came about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just there's another away. one. Actually, there's another one, Take My Hand. It was going to be written for us, all these people, all these couples that I know in the valley, mm-hmm. in San Lorenzo Valley, that have been married for 30 and 40 years. Wow. And I thought, wow, what what would that be like? My grandparents were together for 50 years Mm -hmm. and some of my relatives, but my family wasn't that way. We were broken at an early age. And so I started writing the song about the love between people that stay together that long. Nice. And then it developed into a a love song with a, a couple good friends of mine, Mary and Jerry Bradley, their daughter is getting married. Mm-hmm. And it just took that turn mm-hmm. one day. Mm-hmm. And uh, So that's fun when that happens. But yeah. you, see, you never know. Something that comes out of you and then all of a sudden you're going down this highway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like the idea of just picking while you're watching a game because it's probably very meditative and you're not 
you're probably not mm-hmm. trying to write something because you get in, sometimes I'll get in that in that and this probably happens to everybody. I'll get in, in a in a in a state where it's like I think I haven't written a song in a while. I gotta sit here and just write something. And sometimes that works. Sometimes, usually, you just get frustrated and angry, and I just get pissed off. <laughs> yeah, that's. I can't write songs anymore. And yeah. then, I, then I write a song, and I tell my wife, "I can still write songs." She's like, "Yeah, whatever." You know. <laughs> uh, that that doesn't work for me. Yeah. I, I know folks that can sit down, and, and my sister does that every day. Wow. Audrey all does that. Um, that they just they put the pen and paper in front of them and and uh, they're very prolific right, that way. Right. But for me, I have my actually my best time for songwriting is in motion. If I'm in the car, yeah, car's great. And there used to be this place on Graham Hill Road that every time mm. I got to this one spot mm-hmm. up on the mountain, my creative juices were flowing, and then I started thinking about it. Too much. Oh my gosh, here we go. Oh, I'm coming to that spot again. What am I going to get? What am oh I going to get? God. Where's the song? I got, I, got, I got my little voice recorder ready. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just. And it's good you had the voice recorder because I've heard people just say they, they write while they're in the car. No, don't do that. That's like texting. Don't do that. Have yeah, that's kind of scary. Yeah, no, well, I got the voice recorder because I actually would try and do that yeah. and figured driving Highway 9, I was going to kill myself or somebody <laughs> yeah. else. Yeah. I went and got myself a voice recorder, and, it, and it, it's very handy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, mo- motion's a good, a good, a good point because I think it's you're not thinking about it as much. Yeah. If you yeah. just let that that flow open up, yeah. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm sure it's different for everyone. For right. me, that works. Yeah, I know. With me, uh, I could probably if I if I really thought back, I've had breakthroughs in songs driving Highway 17. You know, it's, just, it's, that, it's that motion yeah. you're not thinking. I mean, I, had, I know the, the SUV song, I actually yeah. figured that thing out when I was driving Highway 17. Just the lyrics just came to me. And it wasn't that anything was happening around me, but mm-hmm. probably because you're not consciously sitting there with a guitar and a pad of paper. Yeah. 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 Well, for some folks, it's probably a formula. Sure. Or, uh, you know, it's a task at hand, and that's how their brain works. Do you ever get when someone says, and this probably happens to everybody as well, do you ever get somebody telling you, you should write a song about, because it's a really good idea, and then you, that isn't, that doesn't always work as inspiration, and you can't, and then someone, well, why can't you? Actually, people have been doing that a lot lately. Uh-huh. Oh, you should write a song about, an incident happens. Yeah. And uh, something funny. So I think we were on the radio station with John, and somebody said something. He goes, oh, yeah, you should write a song about that. Yeah. And no, I, I mean, I, I, I wrote it down sure. and I took it home and I, I, got, I think I got one line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it's important. And what I found too, it's, it's important to write everything down and just keep that channel open. But Well, I have pieces of paper that I've had for 20 years mm-hmm. that I've just lines that I've written. But mm-hmm. the scary thing is I pulled some out the other day and I wasn't sure if I wrote it. Or I was writing down lyrics to another song that I needed to learn. Mm. And it was so far away 20 years ago that right. and I don't even know the song, but maybe it was an old blues song. Yeah. And I just have to toss it because I, who It could knows? be somebody else's song. But I looked at it and went, wow, this is really good. What if I it's thought, mine? I don't think this is mine. <laughs> <laughs> this can't be mine. This I could is change very this word. lyrical. This word, yeah. This is really good. This can't be something like Wow. I love those words. Yeah. So... Uh, you know who I saw write everything down? The Rhythm Angels came through town. Mm-hmm. Rebecca and yeah. Celeste? I think so. 
beautiful. Yeah. Talk about beautiful harmonies and and they really work it. Mm-hmm. They 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 had their their notebooks and we were sitting chatting and Sherry and the four of us sat down and we were working through a song and and Rebecca says, "Oh, that's a great line." And they get their tablet out and wrote it down and mm-hmm. she says, "You know, we'll probably be working on this tonight." To wow. a new song inspiration. That's great. Yeah. I've gotten real, I used to be really organized with, I've got probably three or four boxes that are full of probably 40 spiral notebooks. And I just, I go back to them and there's nothing good, but I just figure I'll keep writing something down. When I get something good, it'll stick. And usually it does. But um, I used to be really organized. And now I just, I just scrawl everything down and when something seems good, I work on it. Yeah. And that's kind of all I... Yeah. All I have the time for, yeah. <laughs> so I figure I get a, I get a keeper about every three months. So I'm like, yeah. okay, that's what I got right now. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm hoping that uh, I, I kind of got rid of a lot of things as far as work goes and mm-hmm. things to do list, and I'm trying to just shed a lot of have tos and yeah. have some quiet time because that's I important. find. You, you really, for me, it's hard to just sit down and say, okay, it's time for me to write a song. I really need a lot of quiet time mm-hmm. to, again, to let it come through and to be relaxed and to have that inspiration. And just watching movies or listening to other music or being in a social situation mm-hmm. or watching the news or, you know, things, things are out there. There's Reading certainly... is good, too. Reading books is really good, too, because yeah. you pick up on ideas and stuff. Well, there's certainly a lot of inspiration out there politically, but I'm not a political songwriter. I've tried that, but I was, it didn't work. Yeah. So I write songs about dogs and mules. And yeah. not, not, not always, but yeah. you find your stuff. Let's go back a little bit. I know this is this is actually really good. We should just keep talking about this, but you're not native. You, you came out here in 79? 79. Yeah. I was born in Surrattsville, Maryland. Mm-hmm. Tiny, tiny little town, John Wilkes Booth. Hmm. is noted there mm-hmm. for staying in the Surratt, Mary Surratt's house mm-hmm. uh, the night he assassinated Lincoln. So that's that town's claim to fame. Yeah. And we, uh, all of my family, my grandparents and my mother's two sisters lived in this tiny little town. Mm-hmm. And my mother married a fireman. Mm-hmm. And we were in town for... We were in Surrattsville. It then became Clinton later. And we moved from there to other suburban towns. And uh, so I was in Maryland up through graduating from high school mm-hmm. and moved down to North Carolina to this outdoor center. My family members were working there, and I thought, you know, it just wasn't Maryland was not so inspiring for me other than my family connection. We were all yeah. very close. We were very, I was probably a sheltered kid. <laughs> uh, our community was my family. Yeah. Wow. You know, lots of cousins, aunts, uncles go to grandma's house on Sundays, mm-hmm. you know, the roast and small town America, small town America. So I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. Um, but I had wings, and my heart just said, no, this is <laughs> not. I, I know that I'm going to end up someplace else. I just didn't know where it was. So I went down to North Carolina and worked at this outdoor center for a couple of years. And on the off-season, you were there really temporarily for the rafting season. Mm-hmm. I went down to Palm Beach in Florida and hung out. 
and then I ended up going to Colorado and skied there for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And so all of these places I was landing were recreational. Mm-hmm. And yeah. something inside of me was blooming, and I wasn't sure what it was. I, my, a lot of my family members played music. Okay. And uh, my mother played the piano. My sister played the guitar. One of my aunt Doris's family, uh, they had an oom-pa-pa band. <laughs> she married a German man, and they played a lot of polkas. <laughs> and, but they were very, very talented. He was a piano player and accordion player. Yeah. and So we would go to their house, and they'd throw us percussion instruments, and they'd play for us. And, <laughs> so that was fun. Yeah. And then my other uh, aunt, my Aunt Rosa... Uh, her boys all played guitar. Okay. So there were these influences of music. I love dancing. So were you playing guitar back then? I didn't start playing until... You know, I picked up a guitar in my early 20s. Yeah. But I was really a singer. Oh, right. I was a dancer and a singer. I was a tap dancer at an early age. <laughs> I think I started... My sister and I started when I was six... And loved my all my rhythm really is in my feet. Mm-hmm. Seriously, I can hmm. my feet just uh, like to move. So that was my passion, and really, I wanted to go on Broadway when mm-hmm. I was 15, 16. My sister picked up the guitar and really followed the folk artists at mm-hmm. that time. And I was still into dance, and then I went down this other road going to the outdoor center in North Carolina. And there, of course, there's all the bluegrass yeah. there in the Smoky Mountains. It was in the western tip of North Carolina, Appalachia, and just beautiful people mm-hmm. uh, invite you in for iced tea and pie, and uh, met an old man there, Roy Dills. Now, he's one that I'm going to write a song about. Mm-hmm. He lived in a little cabin about a mile up from the outdoor center, and he built it, coonskins on, hanging on the front of the cabin, picture Jesus inside, one table, one chair, and we used to go catfish fishing <laughs> late at night, and I was a sinner because it got, word got around town that I went out fishing with Roy Dills. And that was a bad After thing? After dark, that was a bad thing. Uh, and we're in a dry county uh, in Bryson City, North Carolina. Very small town America. <laughs> very, yes, and uh, a Baptist belt. Okay. And so, you know, you, you, I could, I just laughed at it at that time. When yeah. I think back on it, it's, you know, I'm sure it caused quite a stir. I got lots of looks when I walked into town. But he was just <laughs> a, this wonderful man, wore white pressed shirts under his overalls mm-hmm. and big black walking mountain boots with no socks, smoked uh, unfiltered cool cigarettes, <laughs> big black uh, glasses, white, white hair, just, uh, you know, one of those characters. Mm-hmm. And he used to take people for walks up on the Appalachian Trail because uh-huh. the outdoor center sat uh, right in line with the Appalachian mm-hmm. Trail. And that went up from Maine all the way down to Georgia, 3,000 miles. So being in North Carolina, my cousin was there. He was a singer-songwriter. And I used to sit and harmonize with him mm. and... So the calling came out probably about that time yeah. of, well, I got a voice. There's something in me. Yes, yeah, so you've always sang and always did harmony from way back. My sister really got me yeah. singing harmony because she was playing guitar. Okay. Um, 
in high school, outside of high school, about a year out of high school. And she would just sit me down and say, sing harmony with me on the song. And then when my cousin was playing in North Carolina, I really wanted to hear the harmony. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes work, you know. Some people it might be natural, but when I first started singing it, I had to get that ear. I've tried to learn, and i got to spend more time on it because I, I don't have it. Mm. Yeah. So I, I would listen to songs on the radio, and every song mm. that came on, whether it needed a harmony or not, I'd be singing it mm-hmm. in the car, which is great practice. Right. Again, motion, driving, motion. There you go. Not thinking about it. Yeah. So from there... Uh, the car is a great songwriting tool. <laughs> and a great music is. learning tool. It is. You're alone. Uh-huh. You're you, safe. You're safe. You can roll up the windows and sing as loud mm-hmm. as you want. I used to do that. I used to be Janice Joplin one day and Aretha yeah. the next day. And... Yeah. <laughs> so then I moved on to Colorado. A friend that I met at the Outdoor Center, uh, we decided that we were going to go to Colorado and mm-hmm. hang out for a couple of years. And it was really then that my sister had moved to California and said, please come out here and work with me and play music. And, mm-hmm. and at that time, I really was trying to sing there really wasn't anything in the town Mm -hmm. i hadn't really picked up a guitar yet to sing my own songs i was really just wanting to sing yeah so i ended up in california in la honda in 1979 living with my sister rebecca and moved over to boulder creek in the next year Mm -hmm. and uh, met my then husband frank allen but he goes by alan frank (laughs) reversed his name and so I started singing with the band Arcana, and then it changed, blossomed into the Back Alley Band, and then the Blind Alley Band, mm-hmm. and then the Firebirds, and then they kind of put me out front with Sharon Allen. Mm-hmm. And that was 25 years. Wow. We're playing with that, those, those guys. Wow, Allen, it was, it was yeah. really, he, he was the leader of the band, and mm-hmm. it was his, um, all of his versions, and I... We were married for some years, and what we stayed together musically. Mm, good. And yeah. uh, that worked out. Yeah. And then I met Sherry in 2002 and did both the blues band for another couple yeah, of years. Yeah, and, and I think, folk. looking back, I think I met you about the time you met Sherry. Mm-hmm. Because I had come up to the Strawberry Music Festival mm-hmm. my first time. Right. I had my guitar, yeah, and I knew that I I wanted to go down another road with music, right? And and then we came over to your camp, and you were so nice. I always tell everyone <laughs> we were here. We were two gar- two girls with two guitars, walking down the roads of Strawberry, and you and Cindy invited us in, and we, we were intimidated. There's so many good players up there. You're kidding. And you, you, you were intimidated by our camp. Oh no, because you were so nice. Oh. And welcoming, mm-hmm. but we walked into some camps, and you know they kind of snub you. Well, I hate to say that. Well, yeah, well, yeah that, that's, that's true. That's why I've tried to do at Strawberry. I've tried to do the stroll a little bit, mm-hmm. but you know some camps just aren't very inviting. Yeah, well, know? they got their little crew, and they've right. been there for years, and they're happy. Right, with right. They're players, right. and and they don't want anymore. Yeah, that's why we don't, we, we, if we stroll, we go about two campsites down to where our friends are at. Yeah. You know, in fact, I, I remember that year you guys walked up because we were just basically showing off our friend Sherry and Sharon to other friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we were like, look who, look who we know. <laughs> oh, how sweet. Yeah. 
That was and we fun. walked away just saying, were they the nicest people? <laughs> we want to go back there. You're always welcome in our camp. So, yeah. yeah. So that was fun. and, and uh, I think what's cool is I, when, I, when I first started trying to play in front of people, actually I started writing about eight years ago, and I think I met Sherry like a year before that and really just started doing open mics. Well, a wooden nickel that I run now. Mm-hmm. Started, she actually got me going to that one. Then I met you about the same time. So I met you right when I was really trying to start performing. So That's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's probably Where eight years. Where does the time go? It, it, yeah, it's eight, eight years. years. Yeah. That's something. You were in 2010 now. Yeah. I've been playing with Sherry for eight years. So when did you start writing songs? Well, I was thinking about that the other day. How did all that come about? Because I was very much into the performance. Mm-hmm. And 25 years of it, you know, I, I got my chops down. And, and, you know, if you looked at me 25 years ago, mm-hmm. standing up on stage, I was extremely shy. I knew that I wanted to sing. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I was very good. There's some tapes out there that I've threatened Alan that if he ever plays them, <laughs> he's in big trouble. So knowing, going back that far and, and looking back at the guys that I played with and their patience with my singing ability, and I, I knew that if I just stuck it out, mm-hmm. that I, I had a voice in me. Yeah. It was just finding it. Right. And so, well, some years later, when Alan started writing songs for me to sing, I knew that I had paid my dues, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I got my, I got the handshake from the the master. Mm. So I was pretty proud of that. Yeah. Um, as time went on, you know, I I used to really hear the vocals mm. and the rhythm of the song mm-hmm. and the guitar sound. Yeah. So I was very much into all the guitar sounds and I was very much into the guitar I love the guitar and so I could pretty much pick out any old blues player you know, who, who's playing what guitar yeah. I loved the Telecaster with the country music and so I was really into the tones mm, okay. of the guitars and I was really into the tones of all the vocalists mm-hmm. So I really wasn't thinking of writing, and there wasn't really anything. There would be stories that I would write down, mm-hmm. poetry that okay. I wrote that I've kept for years, uh, that I've gone back and thought, wow, can I write a song about this? Mm-hmm. But uh, it probably was in the mid-90s when I, a friend of mine made me this, that beautiful little parlor-style guitar. Mm-hmm. It was a luthier mm-hmm. at Santa Cruz Guitar Company, Tobin Chief. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just uh, really wanted to find some melodies on the guitar from what I was hearing in my head. Yeah. I wanted to put that down on paper. More and more were coming out. So it, it, was, it wasn't anything that I aspired to. Mm-hmm. It was a, a movement of myself of going from a singer to okay, now I'm starting to hear melodies and lyrics, and now I need a guitar to put these all together. Mm -hmm. And then that moved into meeting Sherry, and I already had songs in my book. Yeah. And starting to play guitar with someone else and out in public and moving into more inspiration and more songs coming. and, And six, seven years later, 
Sherry says, you really need to record these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think going back a few years, when we first heard the originals, you, you started playing in front of people. I thought, wow, these are really good. Mm. We always thought you were talented, but I didn't know you wrote. You know, We always loved listening to you, but when you, when you were doing mm-hmm. originals, we thought, these are really good songs. Oh, sweet. Well, thank mm. you. Thank you. I was lucky that they came through me. There's Jared's song was written in about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. That was Isn't it great when that happens. It's wonderful because it happens all the time. It's right? a blessing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because when you sit down and say, "I really need to write a song," like again, it's not going to happen for me. Yeah, we should hear it. Okay, can I play? Yeah. Okay. I think one good takeaway which is kind of a trite term, but I think one good takeaway from this particular episode of Songs and Stories is that uh, everybody has a story. And I, I say this a lot, but I really appreciate the time these, these artists give me to tell me theirs and share them with people. So once again, that was Sharon Allen talking about her little musical journey out to California and kind of where she's at now and the new CD along the way. I, I really think this is one of the best, uh, I don't know, dissections of a CD process I've ever heard and really the the attitude she brought to it the preparation and uh really and it shows in the final product so uh, again the cd along the way you can get at sharon-allen.com or you can go to michaelgather.com and click on the links there that'll take you to sharon's site and uh, also sharon's going to be at the redwood mountain fair along with me and some other people on saturday june 5th in felton california you can get that on you can go to redwoodmountainfair.com. You can go to Sharon's page, website, or you can go to my site and click on shows. All the links are there. Uh, one thing I mentioned way at the beginning of this episode is I'm trying a sponsorship now. If you go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash stories, that's audiblepodcast.com forward slash stories, and sign up for a 14-day trial for audible.com, you can get a free download book, and if you cancel within the 14 days, you don't pay anything and you still keep the book. So check it out. I also, uh, after the fact, I talked to Sharon and I got one of her recent book recommendations. She just finished reading The Help by Catherine Stockett and uh, said it was a, a gift to her and it really was a gift just reading the book. So you can go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash stories and look for The Help and you can listen to a little bit of that or click around and see what else might be interesting to you so check that out now you probably know how this works we're not quite done this was part one episode 89 of songs and stories and part two which will be episode 90 we're going to hear sharon play a couple of songs from the new cd including jared's song which he just finished talking about so you know how this works if you're on my site just click on the next link if you're up in itunes and you got this there Uh, The episode will be up in probably a week or so. And if you're listening on Grateful Dread Radio or Casey Cafe Radio, the episode will be up next week at the same time. So thanks again for listening. I really appreciate your time. And we'll talk to you next time on Songs and Stories. Take care.